Political Podcast. At some point you look around, and you're the only one. I mean, it's pretty good. And just like that, the perspective shifts. Paging Bobby Winsler to the microphone. On in three, two... Welcome in, coming to you from the Concurrent Media Network in the heart of Citrus County. However you're making us part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or on the Concurrent website or mobile app, I am sure glad you're joining us. Let's skip an ad, get right to it. The big topic this week is stormwater runoff, and I'm not going to talk much about it today. At this point, anything I would say would all be speculation. The meeting is at 1 p.m. on Thursday. But let's look quickly from th- at the issue from three perspectives. The county, the commission, and the public. The county, meaning the administration, not the commission, holds the position that this fee has to pass or Citrus is going to sink into a swamp. Not the political kind, the very real Florida kind. Some on the commission, particularly the new commissioners, Holly Davis and Ruthie Schlebaugh, were upset with the budgeting process, feeling like some decisions were made without properly briefing or uh, consulting them. I have no insider information or behind the scenes knowledge, but since this show is about giving you my opinion and I do have at least a considerable background in local public affairs, let me just say this. I can see where their grievance could be legitimate. And it's not too hard to believe that those who had been there before, both on the commission and in the administration, didn't do much to slow down in the way of welcoming new people to the table, which really does need to happen for others to learn and grow. This means not all the commissioners may have played a role in how we got here, with changing the tax from part of the real estate ad valorem instead into a municipal services benefit unit, or MSBU, even though there was a vote on it. A lot happened behind the scenes leading up to that vote. This also means commissioners Schlebaugh and Davis are likely to hear an earful of potentially upwards of an hour of angry comments directed at them, And undoubtedly, this won't be easy, especially if they didn't have a hand in getting us to where we are now. This is personally why I would never want to be a commissioner. But it will be revealing as to the leadership style that each exhibits in the comments that they will make following the public input period. Let's get to the public. That was the administration. That was the commission. Let's shift to the public quickly. Some people are seeing their stormwater fee rise 500, even up to 700%. Now, this is usually going to look something like it was $8 and now it's $50, but I'm not going to downplay that and say it's not significant because it is. Many citrus jobs pay just $10 an hour. And do you want to be told that half your workday, four hours at $10 an hour, when this is a $40 increase, if you want to visualize the math, do you want to be told that half of one of your workdays is insignificant, so don't worry about it? I get mad when I lose an hour of unproductivity, much less half a day, 
So it comes down to perception. Is a 500, 700% rise sound significant? Uh, yeah, but should you, uh, more significant than it is, sort of. Could you just shrug it off as being 40 bucks or a night out at dinner? Maybe, but let's resist the urge to. I think the strongest argument from the public is going to come from a situation that applies to a small minority of the people. One thing the MSBU does is apply to people with exemptions. Now, the commission may have changed this so that they can capture people who were knocking down the cost themselves through the homestead exemption, but that's not the only exemption that exists. Veterans who have earned the exemptions through disability classifications due to their service are now going to be charged full freight for the stormwater runoff. I hate to see burdens increased on people who earned the right to be exempt from them. In 2016, Citrus County became a Purple Heart County. It's easy to think this is just a public relations stunt, something that every county does. It's not. It means something. You got to make that real. The first topic is an extension of this thinking, but into a different direction. So let's start with that. And let's begin right where we left off, Purple Heart Counties. You know what county in Florida isn't a Purple Heart County? Manatee County. And what's been happening in Manatee County helps put everything in Citrus County into perspective. Longtime readers and listeners of The Concurrent will know I use Manatee County as an example a lot. My parents live there, so I follow their headlines. And this last week was impressively bad, even by Manatee County standards. Let me explain with a story. I asked my students last week to give me their favorite sayings or quotes. And one of them said, it is what it is. I had to resist the urge of playing the Jerry Seinfeld bit, calling this the dumbest saying he's ever heard, because I didn't want to insult the student, and I really didn't want to look old up there being able to recall Jerry Seinfeld segments off the top of my head. Here, here's a preview the best I can. We like to give our thoughts, our comments, our opinions. Sometimes we run out of opinions. We make them up. It is what it is. That's my best Seinfeld, which, which admittedly is not very good. So you should look it up. It's on YouTube. It's hilarious. Sometimes, though, you have to know what something isn't to understand what it is. So it's not it is what it is, but rather it is what it isn't. Less dumb, I hope. Manatee County this week helped provide us with two examples of what something is so we can understand in Citrus County what something isn't, and vice versa. On Thursday, four top officials from the Manatee County Administration Building were escorted out and immediately placed on leave, among them being their longtime Building and Services Director. Their head of code enforcement, along with two uh, subordinates code enforcement supervisors, were also the among the four that were escorted out. It appears, but is not confirmed, that this is in connection with an ongoing investigation into some areas where complaints uh, to these top officials were buried in order to help prominent members of the Sarasota and Manatee County community. Government corruption is real, 
and it does happen on the local level. No one is denying that, and it may have been on display on Thursday in Manatee County. But it doesn't happen in Citrus. It's not happening with the stormwater fees, with the CARES Act funds, or any other stimulus projects, or with the daily operations of the government. It is what it isn't. Corruption is real, and it might be happening in real time in Manatee County. And it will be claimed in Citrus County, but we as a public can do better to restrain ourselves from making these false allegations. The commission drives me crazy with taking what I see as sometimes a myopic view of the community focused on funneling resources to a relatively small group of people who expand the reach of what they receive. And this develops into a feeling sometimes that Citrus is a community divided between those who want to help and those who want to passively benefit, whereas the latter group is treated with a feigned tolerance, while the former group is heaped praise upon. But the jobs get done. The resources are well spent. Do I wish the inner circle community was a little more aware, a little more humbly responsible to the Citrus residents outside of their clique? Sure. And do I think the commission has made every right decision? No. Do I think the commission prioritizes uh, projects that maximize the benefit to the community? Not always. Do I think that any of this amounts to corruption or foul play? No. No. We are an incredibly fortunate community to have the leadership we do in Citrus at the administrative level, at the elected level, and at the community level. It can get a little self-congratulatory, a little cringy at times, but social capital is the currency of action here. If you want to blame someone for that culture, don't blame the commission or the county. Blame the newspaper. <laughs> They're the ones most guilty of it. In fact, I would say the biggest potential of causing a problem at Thursday's meeting isn't going to come from behind the dais but from behind the podium. It's going to come from us, from the public. And that brings us to our second story from Manatee County this week, which was that a crowd of people gathered in front of a school board member's private residence, her home, to bully her into changing her vote on a mask policy, which students can opt out of. People who claim to be patriots, one of whom can be seen letting an American flag she's holding drag on the ground while she's texting, who claim to be lovers of freedom using coercion tactics at an old lady's home to suppress her right to a free vote. A vote, by the way, that informal polling shows is consistent with what a majority of Manatee County residents want. This is not a protest. It was a mob. It was not decent or civil. It was disgusting. We have every right to disagreement at this meeting because even though I feel we are locked in this year and I'm upset with the way it was handled and I hope it's reversed next year, we, there's only so much we can do. The public can and should and will, by the comments on Facebook so far, express this discontent at the meeting. But it ends there. It is what it isn't. And let's make sure it isn't what happened in Manatee County here. I have confidence that we as a public will act respectfully and that something like what happened in Manatee would never happen here, just like I have faith that we are free of real corruption. 
but I do think we fail to recognize how easy it is for either side, the public or the commission, to slip and transgress into the unlawful and just how fortunate we are to live here. Getting to topic two, but first, be among the first to advertise with the Citrus County Concurrent. We offer a variety of ways to reach your next customer, including website graphics, audio reads, and even traditional print advertising. Get in early to lock in your rate, even as our audience grows. Special consideration for donation spots given to nonprofits as well. Contact advertising at The Concurrent for more information. That's advertising at theconcurrent.com to learn more. I'm way over the clock that I have here, my ranting clock, and I'm just now realizing I forgot to bring the funny last topic. Even my Jerry Seinfeld was bad, and that got serious in a hurry. You know what uh, is also not very funny right now? The Chronicle Sunday commentary. But maybe I have been pointing the blame in the wrong direction. As most of you who have been with us for a long time know, these podcasts were originally meant to be a reaction to the Sunday commentary. So let's look at that briefly for a quick topic number two. With everything going on in Citrus, from the stormwater runoff into the Halls River, from the stormwater vote, to the budget cycle in general, to the parkway coming through, you name it, there is a lot happening. And executive editor Jeff Bryan's commentary was on a charity run two weeks from now. Last week it was about shaving. For me, this is one of two things happening, and in the spirit of the last topic, I'll tell you what I think it isn't, and then I'll tell you what I think that it is. I feel like it's wanting to be liked through association. Last week sounded like this. Here's a personal story about rites of passage. Does my writing remind you of Jerry? Great! Through proximity to Jerry, you'll like me too. This week it sounded like this. Here's my Phil Royal story. Do you have a Phil story too? Great! Through proximity to Phil, you'll like me too. This goes back to the culture of social capital mentioned previously, but I don't think that this is what that is. To me, that's not giving Jeff enough credit. He's a wonderful writer, and I think he's confident in his abilities. You don't rise from staff sports writer to executive editor without a degree of knowing what you're capable of. So what I think this is, is the first evidence of the effect that Paxton Media Group, or PMG's, ownership is having on editorial content. It's documented in the concurrent and elsewhere that the knock against PMG is that they dilute the watchdog element of the papers they have bought and reduce them to community reports just this side of outright entertainment publications. Whether it's implicitly or explicitly, I'm guessing there is an understanding in the newsroom right now that the order is to not bother anyone. Jerry Mulligan, for better or worse, was bothersome. And I mean that with the utmost respect, and even in a, an affectionate way. 
I had my issues with the editorial decisions made outside the opinion section, but there's no question Jerry excelled in being a thought leader with his commentary, and the county was better for it, bothersome as it could be. There's no question this has been a rough transition. There's a banner graphic on the front page of the website directing visitors to the uh, customer delivery service, customer service section. Numerous apologetic comments or columns have been written, and the papers themselves have varied wildly in format, sometimes page counts topping 30 or dropping into the teens. The editorial content, which was declared back in April to only be focused on the local, now appears to be a free-for-all. I don't relish this. I don't want to see the Chronicle struggle. If they fall, I don't get taller. I love newspapers and revere the important role they play in the community. I point out these problems because I'm worried that the current trends are going to eliminate the important role as the new ownership tries anything to appeal to what is popular instead of what is necessary and those two things don't always coincide. A year after PMG bought the second largest newspaper in Raleigh, North Carolina, subscribers were literally throwing their copies back at the walls of the building. While I don't encourage this, certainly not after today's talk of unruly mobs, it does serve as a warning for where we could be headed. Support the Chronicle with your readership, with your perspective, and most of all, with your patience. And mercifully, we'll see the talent that is over there break through this rough transition and be stronger for it. That's all from the Bobby Winsler Show. Follow The Concurrent on social media for the latest updates. We'll be back next Tuesday at noon. If you want to join this conversation, find us on social at The Concurrent Facebook, Twitter, go to The Concurrent website, post on our discussion boards, download the mobile app. Today's episode was brought to you by us.